Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'm here with my co-host, Ian Cargard. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at DeaconDuda. Where can they find you, Ian? They can find me at frogs underscore Z, so F-R-O-O-G-Z underscore Z at Instagram. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our Patreon channel went live about a month ago. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering five different levels to support us at. $5, $10, $20, $30, and $40. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as earning your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with Illo and myself. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. Which leads me to my next big announcement. We're only three short days away from the introduction of Flashback Fridays, where Anne and myself will be discussing films from the past. The first film we'll be talking about will be Iron Man, and then we're going to be doing every single MCU movie in chronological order. I can't reiterate enough. Hit that follow button so you never miss a podcast. So today, we're going to be covering a pretty big topic, and that's the MCU. We're doing this in preparation for the upcoming Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Now here's a disclaimer. I understand there have been a lot of Disney Plus shows out there, some that even connect with this movie, including WandaVision. And we could go on forever if we did that. Then at the end, we're going to rank our top five Marvel movies. So we're just going to focus on the films. Before we get started, we do have to pay the bills. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Leadership. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. It's ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. Subscribe today. The Starfleet Leadership Academy. Welcome back. So... Our topic is the MCU, and it's a pretty big one. So you and I both know there are four phases to this. So we're going to just start right at the beginning at phase one. We spoke about Iron Man. Well, let, let me backtrack a little bit. So we've done a couple of Flashback Friday episodes, which the first one will be dropping this Friday. And so there have been a total of 30 movies up to this point, including Multiverse of Madness, which comes out this Friday. So... I was looking into some of the statistics. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's coming out Mother's Day weekend, so I don't know how good the box office are going to look with new Marvel movie. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to really show good numbers in comparison to other weekends of other Marvel movies? Yeah, well, you know, that that's I hadn't even realized it was Mother's Day, so advanced happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You know, didn't even think about that. This is kind of a dark movie from all the pundits and everything else. They said, don't take your kids to this. You know, I would not take my mom to this. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was looking into a couple numbers, and they were kind of mind-blowing. This franchise, in 30 films, take a guess at how much it's made. Just round number. This franchise alone? Just one. 
I don't know, 800 million? <laughs> I don't know. 9.92 billion. Billion. Okay, I even got it wrong by a factor. <laughs> Very large factor. Yes, with a B, ladies and gentlemen. 9.92 billion dollars. 30 films. That's an average of, that's right, $3 billion a movie. <laughs> now, that's in the United States and Canada. Here's the thing. The next franchise, which everybody loves and knows, is Star Wars. Now, that has only 21 films, but still, that's only made $5 billion. And I say only five, but it's like Marvel's doubled their output. And I couldn't believe that. Avengers Endgame was their biggest film earning 2.7 of that $9.9 billion. It made $858 million domestically, and it made almost $2 billion overseas. And here's the other key thing I thought was just amazing. Five of the 10 gross, all-time grossing films are Marvel movies. That's astounding. So I'm going to read them back to you from back in order. The Avengers made... So that Avengers sits at number nine all time. That made six hundred. This now these are all domestic numbers. Six hundred and twenty-three point three million dollars. Its budget was two hundred and twenty, and it opened to two hundred and seven point four million. Its first weekend, it made its budget back, and it was the first movie in history ever to make two hundred million dollars in a single weekend. That doesn't even start it. Number six is a Infinity War. $678 million domestic. If the, the budget was reported at $250, it had made $237 million in its opening weekend. Black Panther was made $700 million. Now, there was no budget that I could find, but it made, that was the second film that opened to $200 million. That was a $202 million opening weekend. This is opening weekend, guys. Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Hold on, it gets better. Spider-Man No Way Home, $804 million. And is that in the opening weekend? This is opening weekend. Made, it outgrossed Infinity War, $260.1 million. And then, of course, the creme la creme, as I just said, Endgame, $858.3 million domestic and went on to gross over $2 billion. Okay, here's the thing. Those last two, those last two, that's like the end of an era. You know, it's like the end game. Everyone wants to see the final thing. But then Spider-Man was like the first big movie coming out after the pandemic. So, I mean, yes, they're all like amazing and they're all Marvel movies. And of course, they're going to get a huge reception. But, you know, I, I feel like maybe it's not even the quality of the movie. It's just the fact that we're coming out of, you know, our hiber hibernation holes. And then you got to see the end of the Marvel cinematic universe that we've been looking at in Endgame. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. So infinity war was, so the first, let me backtrack a little bit. So the first 13 movies were what was known as the infinity saga. And so phases one through three, all of those movies, from Iron Man to Captain America, Winter Soldier, to all they were all encompassed in the Infinity War saga. So phase one started, obviously, with Iron Man in 2008, and then that went on for four years. Now, 
we were talking about this the other day. I don't think really anybody includes the Incredible Hulk in that, so we're not going to do that. So Let's just skip it. Let's just pretend it never happened. It never happened, so you had five movies. You had Iron Man, you had Iron Man 2, which we just did the other day for our second Flashback Friday podcast, Thor, which we'll be doing next week, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then it culminates phase one with the Avengers. And so that came out unbelievably 10 years ago. <laughs> Gosh, I feel old now. I mean, I've been, I've seen all of these movies in the theaters and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so the first phase was four years. And so out of those, I, I think I know your answer, but for the listeners, just which out of those five was your favorite movie? Gosh, I mean, it's a tie between Iron Man and the Avengers. It's kind of hard to... Which one would you pick out of those two, do you think? I, I think it has to be the Avengers. It does. I mean, that's what everyone started to be like, oh, this is the best. That's what kind of was the crown jewel that started it all, I think. I mean, I think that one scene where they all regroup and the Josh Whedon has that shot where... It just circles around all five people. It really encapsulates what they are as a team at that point. And so, yeah, I mean, could it, it was a little long, maybe. But some of, and like I said the other day, it was one of the first franchises that incorporated mid-credit scenes and cutscenes. And so, I mean, you, we were just having a gag the other day about the, the shawarma. You know, I didn't realize it was actual food. From a, yeah, that that cutscene is probably the best by far. Where they're all just, I don't care. I just want to eat. You know. You know what? It must have. Someone must track how much shawarma has been sold since. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to look into that now. But it actually does introduce us to the big bad of the whole Infinity series, Thanos. I still would contend that's probably the best cutscene of all 30 films and that that yeah well it starts everything but exactly wasn't the cg pretty bad at that point i kind of remember thanos like being like one figure in like the avengers movie and then when we actually see thanos there's like a big difference oh yeah the motion capture definitely was much much improved five six seven years down the road and that's why you only saw him turn his head and smile you know and he didn't even say a word so, you know, it was like, okay, but you saw the big bad. So we move on to phase two. This happened, now this took place between 2013 to 2015. Now, you got to I was thinking about this today. That's the one thing about Marvel, right? They've got 30 films up, but it's like, even when we ha- I was having the conversation with Ryan, they oversaturate the marketing. They're putting out two to three movies a year. And... It's like, okay, no, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this is why this is why we have Marvel and everybody else. They've grown in, into such an empire, literally, that... Well, I mean, there's so much to go off of in Marvel. I mean, there's so many comics. It's just a rich universe to go off of. And people don't want to waste their money. I mean, movies are so expensive nowadays. Like, am I going to go and spend like all that money on a drama or am I going to go and see a Marvel movie that I know is probably going to have some quality to it? And at least it is worth my time to continue my knowledge of the Marvel cinematic universe. 
because I know that it's a safe bet. But, you know, if I go and see a drama or something else, it's kind of a crapshoot. It might suck and I might waste my money. Yeah, so uh, so here here is phase two. Iron Man 3, which I think a lot of people would contend is the weakest out of the Iron Man movies. This would probably be... So I will say this about phase two. You have a, a few movies in here that weren't so good. But you had some other movies that kind of made up for it. So you had Iron Man 3. You had Thor The Dark World. Captain America The Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy. And I know you're a huge Guardians fan. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. So that was the highlight of the whole phase for me. And our sequel, Avengers Age of Ultron. Which, you know, for the sequel being what it was, it was still a good movie. Uh, you had Jay- I thought James Bader played a great Ultron. So, you know, I mean, the motion capture was still... The- it looked good. You saw that the Hulkbuster, you know, I mean, it was just, it was fun. And we got the introduction of a couple new... Um... Characters, yeah. I think that was the highlight, was the new characters that we were introduced to. But it's just, I mean, out of the Avengers movies, that's kind of the one that's forgettable to me. Was the Age of Ultron. Which one? So if that's the forgettable one, which one? So Guardians is just hands down the best one in the face. Hands down the best. But the best Avengers is probably the first, I would say. Because, I mean, there weren't the expectations. There wasn't as much, like, jamming of material in there. It was just right amount of material, right amount of funny, dramatic action scenes. It, it was kind of pure it was the purest form of the Avengers movie, and they didn't have all these expectations to meet. So I think that was the best one. Okay, so let's move on to Phase 3. And this one, there was I couldn't believe this when I saw this. They had 10 movies in this phase. So, uh, yes! So we start out with Ant-Man in 2015. We go to Captain American Civil War. We get the introduction to Doctor Strange in 2016. Guardians 2 in 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017, Thor Ragnarok in 2017. So you had three Marvel movies come out within a span of 12 months. Black Panther, I'm not done, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Endgame, and then we ended the whole phase with Spider-Man Far From Home. That's a huge, huge, that's 10 films in three years. I feel bad for their production team. Unbelievable. Now, this is the tough one. This is the tough question. Out of all those films, which one do you think was the weakest? Weakest? The weakest. Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's never been that strong of a character for me. He's just kind of an ancillary guy. Yeah. And now, here's the other question. Which one was the strongest? Thor Ragnarok's in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I like the buddy comedy. I'm not a serious person. I like the buddy comedy, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Nice. Nice. I mean, it's not Lethal Weapon, but it's still it's still funny. And by the way, I yeah, I tend to agree with you to a certain extent. So if I had to say the weakest one out of this bunch, I would agree with you. Ant-Man has got to be the weakest because he, he just isn't. He's one of, I mean. He doesn't have the stage present. Exactly. He doesn't have. I mean, his superpowers to get big or small. It's like, okay, that's fine. The strongest one out of this? Wow. I'm probably going to say Black Panther. And the reason being is that 
had a huge cultural impact on society. And you had somebody in Chadwick Boseman that played it amazing. Yeah. And the cast was huge. Forrest Whitaker, Angela Bassett, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. I'm leaving a couple names out, but wow. And it just, and, I mean, if you want to, it got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, not to say that's the end-all, be-all, because I'm trying to quantify it, but at the same time. It's a little too heavy for me, personally. It had all these social issues, and they're important to talk about, but when I go to a movie, I just want to be, like, laughing, and, you know, that's that's my opinion on a movie, is, like, if I want to, like, you know, watch a drama, I'm going to watch a drama, but there's a lot of sad stuff in it, and it, I don't like seeing sad stuff in movies. <laughs> Okay, so let me let's go back and let's try and dissect Infinity War real quick. Do you think because by this time the Russo brothers had established themselves and they had done their thing in Civil War and Winter Soldier, how did you think that movie was? I mean, was it? Did you think it was everything that you, they wanted it to be? I mean, it was good enough. Again, it was just kind of an in between movie. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they had Thanos win. So it, for any of those film buffs out there that, with a script, so there's plot points. And there's a plot point out there called Point of No Return. And at that point, it's where our heroes or hero think, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to win. What am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? And that's where they left it. And it was the ultimate cliffhanger and like, oh my god, he actually killed half the population. So everybody was like, Endgame's gotta be... We, we all knew what was gonna happen. We all knew the hero was gonna come back. But how are they gonna come back? Yeah, but that's what ruined it for me. It's like, you know, they have... Oh, we're gonna have like these movies like, 20 years in the future. And then you see the movies and you see these people die. And then you know that they come back. And it just gets rid of all the mystique with it. It was just kind of like, okay, you just killed everybody off. But, you know, it loses its impact if I know who's coming back you know yeah and i think that's one thing if, if marvel has one weakness at all it's the fact that they're fake deaths right i mean when when somebody dies <laughs> you know you're gonna see them in the uh in the next in the next movie and it's like well i just right, was complaining really? i don't like sad movies <laughs> so i guess like that's another thing is that you know i'm like oh i don't like the ending isn't sad and then I know that they're coming back. But, you know, I like a bit of suspense. You know, they didn't really hide it too much. So, guys, while we have a spare minute, I just wanted to let you know about this great energy drink I've been using for a while. And it's called Rogue. First off, let me tell you a few benefits about it. They have all these delicious flavors. Blue raspberry, pink lemonade, and so many more. They just released sour candy the other day, and that'll be the one I'll be getting next. That There's not that much caffeine in it either. All you got to do is use one scoop and water, which means there's no crash for you. If you don't like energy drinks, not to worry. They have yummy hydration flavors such as fruit punch and raspberry peach. So just head over to the website, rogueenergy.com. I'll leave the link in the description. Just use my promo code STEEL. That's all capital letters. and That's going to be S-T-E-E-L-E. And you'll get 10% off your purchase. Now let's get back to the show. So finally... We are in Phase 4, and Phase 4 started out with the much controversial 
movie that was put on Disney Plus, Black Widow. Now, I'm curious, did you actually end up seeing this in the theaters or did you watch this on Disney Plus? Disney Plus, because I was still a little cautious. I was pregnant at the time, so I was like... So, phase four, we have Black Widow, which came out a couple years ago. Shang-Chi, my goodness, Shang-Chi is only two years old or a year and a half old. Yeah, that's crazy. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, which recently just came out this last Christmas, the Doctor Strange movie, which we'll be getting to momentarily, Ant-Man and the, the Wasp, Quantumania, that actually, so our next one will be Thor, Love and Thunder, which comes out July 8th. Then we have Black, the sequel to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Moving on to your favorite, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which comes out May of 2023. The Marvels, which drops in July. And then finally, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp. So there you see what I was kind of telling you. They got six movies coming out in three years. It's kind of crazy. But you write about one thing. I will... You're absolutely right about that. I feel really bad for the production people. <laughs> I hope they have an army of them. Yeah, they, they should for all the money it's made. But it's just, I guess the thing that really is so impressive about Marvel is the fact that they're be, being able to interchange and interwine, you know, intertwine all of these movies, even if they're cutscenes. Or if they're not cutscenes, they make reference to them, different characters. And it's like, wow. And then, then they're able to actually put together the, the movie and do that. So I got to say, out of all those, and I listen, I, I understand some of these haven't been released. So let me ask you a quick question. Which do you prefer better, Guardians or Guardians 2? Okay, soundtrack for Guardians 2 is better, but the Guardians movie, the original, I think is better so it's kind of a tie because i'm a huge fan of the soundtrack that's kind of one of the reasons that they are my favorite movies so story-wise i think guardians is better but soundtrack on guardians of galaxy 2 is better nice okay now obviously we haven't seen four or five of these films so i'm going to be going to see dr strange on thursday afternoon probably friday too so but nonetheless so from what we have right now Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man, No Way Home. Which one was the strongest? Shang-Chi, I think. I mean, it has Wong in it as well. So that's a positive in their direction. But yeah, I mean, I think that one was kind of not... It was independent. It was kind of starting a whole new cycle. And I think the characters were strong. And, you know, the Ten Rings, that was like all the way back to Iron Man. So that was something that... I thought it was kind of cool that this has been alluded to for this long, and it's we finally have gotten some background on the Ten Rings. So that callback was amazing. I, I got to be honest with you; that callback was absolutely amazing, and how they were able to tie it all up in 15 years worth of movies and go, "Whoa, really?" You know, and if it had been any longer, I don't think they could have done it. I think they did it at just the right time. So, no, I would, you know what, I'll agree with you on that. Because this, it was something that you had never seen before. It was, the story was great. The acting was awesome. And by the way, this movie opened at almost $70 million. And it didn't even play in China. Really? 
Let's not forget this. Because I forgot it. I didn't know that. The, the star, I forget his name off the top of my head. He made a couple of comments. And China's like, oh, no, 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 no. And so Marvel said, oh, and there was a big standoff. Well, are they going to play it there or not? And China said, no, we're not going to play it for you. And it made almost, it made a lot of money. A lot of money. And that's, and, the, and so getting back to something else that's happening in um, Doctor Strange, this isn't a spoiler for anybody, so don't worry about it. The character, America, is gay. So they, in certain countries, are asking them to edit certain scenes out, even if it's eight or nine seconds. They'll still play the film in those countries, but they won't play them. They won't play those scenes. Are they playing it in China, do you know? Uh, this one, I believe they are. Okay. This one, I believe they are. I, I haven't heard anything about that. But That kind of surprises me, because if they have this character, and I thought the supernatural aspect wasn't something that really... I know like China has like a certain number of movies that they can play every year from the Western market, and I thought Supernatural really never really kind of came over, but I guess... Go ahead. I think, it, I think it was because of her sexuality. I think that's what it was. It wasn't because of the supernatural element. I think it was because of her sexuality. And that's why some of these other countries are wanting different cuts of it. So, you know, but my point is that this movie, Shang-Chi, made all this money here domestically and all of this money internationally, and it didn't even play in China, which is biggest market in the world. So that tells you something that we as Americans came out and supported this movie. Nobody thought that it was going to make... They all thought 45, 50 if it's lucky. Not 75 million. And then it stayed on top of the box office for another two and a half weeks. So that tells you something. But I would say... So getting back, I would agree with you. The Shang-Chi movie would be the strongest one. If I had to, if I had to put a weak one on there, I'd have to say Eternals. I've only seen it once. And I thought... I don't know a lot about the Eternals and everything else, and that's probably part of it. But there was just too much CGI in there for me. It just was not a good movie. I've noticed that any movie with Angelina Jolie in it nowadays is bad. Well, I don't think it was really her fault. Uh, but she just seems to pick the worst movies. Well, he, and here, here's I had this conversation with Ryan, and this was another portion of the conversation. If you want to go back, go back to listen to the whole interview with Ryan McQuaid and myself, and we talk all about this. I think that the fact that she, she just come off winning an Oscar, Chloe's out. And the fact is that she didn't really have any other movies to, what's no quote, cut her teeth into or do, even though she had just won Best Director for that movie. So there is a template that you have to follow. And this is, by the way, this... I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't. This is why she w didn't get an action movie. This is. I mean, this is probably why they get, they gave her like a sci-fi, a little low-key, because people were gonna be like the reception was gonna be a little okay, and so the story wasn't that strong. And even in there, you had. And I mean, I'm not. It's another one thing Marvel does. I will say one thing: they they push the limits. And so there was another character that was homosexual. And, yeah, and so the fact is, I think the fact that she didn't have any other movies but the one she won Best Director for hurt her. I really do. And so she didn't have anything else to really do. That's just my opinion. 
So do you think they gave her kind of a movie that was doomed to fail? Is that kind of what you're saying? I wouldn't say doomed to fail. That, that's a bit harsh. I think they tempered their, their expectations. If it made a lot of money and people were, because it had the Marvel brand attached to it, great. If it didn't, okay, don't worry about it. We're going to write this off as a one-off. I will be very curious to see, though, in the coming years, because as we talked about in several other podcasts, Kevin Feige does have the next 10 years already laid out. I will be very curious to see if he gives Chloe Zhao any of the projects, even in the next five years. Because if it does, if he doesn't, and they don't, they're going to base, and that's basically telling you that Marvel, look, you get one shot, you get one bite at the apple. If you don't make it, you're in, tr- you're in trouble. So... I mean, did she at least make enough money to at least get back the production costs of the movie? Oh, yeah. The, mo- the movie was a, a success internationally and everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that it completely bombed. I'm just saying the reception here in America was not the ex- same ex- reception that it had internationally. That's all. So, but something I did find interesting. Captain Marvel. Now, if you had to think of of all the Marvel movies that's we just talked about 20 or 25 of them. Where do you think that ranks as far as, like, gross international, like, all-time box office? Unfortunately, probably pretty high, even though cinematically I don't think it did well critically. It's number seven. Really? Yeah, sorry. It's number seven. Yeah. It's the seventh highest grossing MCU movie. It made $1.1 billion. And 426 of that, almost 427 of that was here domestically. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I think that it was really hyped up really well. And I think people went to see it. But yeah, are they going to do a Marvel, Miss Marvel 2? I mean, Captain Marvel 2? So the Marvels. So we have coming in 2023, we have the Marvels coming. But it is Miss Marvel. And so they it's already shooting and everything else. And... So they are going to have Miss Marvel come into, so it's going to be Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. And that's the, the 2023 production release going to be of the Marvels. So to answer your question, yes, there is going to be a sequel. That had a $160 million budget and it nearly made it back in its own. So the reception for that was unbelievable. Yeah, that, that just blew my mind out. Not to say I didn't think it was that good of a movie because I liked it. But it was one of those things where recently, Brie Larson had just come in, had just come off winning the Academy Award for Room, and they grabbed her. And so I think a lot of people were going to be like, "Oh, what is this?" And it actually worked. I mean, I think it too because you had Nick Fury in there. <laughs> you know, you had the whole nostalgic blockbuster nineteen nineties thing in there. So it it was interesting to see how that did. So which one of these? I think we've talked about it, but which one of these are you most looking forward to of these six or seven movies coming out next year or in the next couple of years? I'm actually, now that we talked about the Marvel, like, family or what was it called again? The Marvel? The, the, the Marvels, yeah. Yeah. I'd actually be interested in seeing that because it can't be any worse than it was, in my opinion. I'd like to see, like, how they revive that and try and, like... I feel like it almost would be a Thor-type situation where, you know, Thor was kind of one of their weaker movies. And then maybe they'll make a comeback. Maybe they're going to put a lot of effort into it and make it much better. Based off of my experience with Thor, I'm thinking that maybe the Marvels is going to be 
the next, you know, revival movie brand for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think it's I think that's going to do a lot of business. And I think you're right. Only because if you remember Endgame, she just plowed through everything. I mean, she was probably the second strongest character to Scarlet Witch. So now that she's that strong, now she has, a, I won't say a sidekick, but she has somebody else that has powers with her. And it will be interesting to see. I'll be curious to see if they go like a motherly route. You know what I mean? Because Miss Marvel is only supposed to be a teenager. I think she's only supposed to be like 16 or 17. So now you have somebody that could be a very interesting dynamic there. And she's teaching her how to use her powers and everything else. I think a lot is going to depend on how Miss Marvel does on Disney Plus, right? So it's going to, if it gets great reception, I think it's going to, people are going to just want to see this, no doubt. If not, I think that people are going to, I think people might just say, yeah, they'll just talk it up to a bad day. So it'll be interesting to see if the director comes back too. A lot of this has to do with continuity too. I mean, we, that's the, I think that's the key word in everything is continuity. If you bring the same director back and you've had success and now you're furthering the story, how is that going to play out? And I think it may not even play out here. I think it might play out the next film. Because you know, I mean, as we were talking about, they have the next 10 years. They already have the third one filmed, or not filmed, but planned. Yeah, it will, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens there. So, now we get to the rankings. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, no. So, this is only going to be five films. So... I want you to try to give me, going five to one, from the weakest to the strongest, which five movies of the 30. Now, obviously, we haven't seen Doctor Strange, so we're going to have to put that in there. We might come back for that. But which one, five, starting at number five, would you say was your five movies? So the Thor movie with the one with the Hulk, Thor and... Okay, Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. That's like in my top five. It's a buddy movie. I think that it was a little bit slow, and I felt like there was a lot of beating up on Thor. Like, he kind of took a backseat to all these other, like, characters, and I felt like he was kind of the butt of the joke. Like, I really like Thor, and I felt like he kind of took on the fool role, and, I mean, it's really funny, but I wish they would have given him a little bit more opportunity to shine as, like, more of a hero instead of more of the butt of everybody's joke. So that's kind of why I really love the movie because of the humor and like all the colorful, you know, like when they're in that strange universe, I love all the colors and I love the fighting and I love all the characters. But again, I really like Thor as a character, so I wish they would have given him a little bit more credit. Number four, the Avengers. I mean, it has to be in your top five. I mean, it's just, I like stories that focus on one character. And so I didn't get an opportunity to you know, just focus on one character. So I guess that's why it's not as highly ranked is because it was an awesome movie, great movie. It didn't spend enough time on just one character. Number three, Iron Man. I mean, it's the original movie, has to be in my top five. Again, it just in the fact that it was starting out, it didn't have every piece that, that they've perfected. It didn't have, it needed a little bit more humor in my mind. But it was still pretty funny. Then Doctor Strange is my number two. I just, in the medical field, and I like just seeing all that hospital mumbo-jumbo that they talk about. And, I mean, all that psychedelic stuff is just fantastic. I just love the colors. 
I just love it as like artistically just looking at all those psychedelic colors. I think that was a huge highlight of the movie. Um, It's not my top one because, I mean, starting out, I think the progression of the character was pretty slow. Like you really didn't like Doctor Strange until I would say, you know, beyond the halfway point of the movie. So I wish we could have fallen in love with Doctor Strange a little bit earlier in the movie. And then Guardians of the Galaxy is my number one because soundtrack... Okay, I'm just going to say Guardians of the Galaxy, both of those are just going to (laughs) be... One and one B. Yeah. I mean, soundtrack's amazing. Everything's colorful. Characters are great. They have a dance battle. You can't can't do anything. Baby Groot. Yeah. And, And I think it's the most humorous movie. So I think that's why it's in my top. Okay, so I agree with you on some. So I had number... The one you you have number one. I have number five. I have Guardians of the Galaxy. It was really cool to see a bunch of misfits and how James Gunn was able to actually put together all of these different characters, even voice characters, motion capture and everything else. It really worked. We saw Thanos twice in this movie when he's talking with Ronan and then the cutscene. Fine. I'll do it myself when he gets the gauntlet out. And I can't, can't look past Howard the Duck. I mean, <laughs> that was just hilarious. So that was so. Guardians is number five for me. Number four, Captain America: Civil. How the Russo brothers was able to put ten heroes on screen at one time, and we and had a huge. I mean, battle. I mean, it was like a Game of Thrones type of thing at the airport, and it's like, okay, we're all going to go at each other, and to make it all compelling too. And that was it. They were able to make every single story compelling about this. Are you Team Cap or you Team Iron Man? Team Iron Man little bit of a rebel. I mean, Cap is just too... I don't think he'd be very fun at a party, personally. Yeah. Number three for me, Black Panther. I think the acting was amazing, as well as the cast, which I touched on earlier. Cultural icon for the whole group. Every, everything to that second Marvel film ever made $200 million in a single weekend. Opening weekend, nonetheless. And it won two Oscars, including it was nominated for Best Picture. Number two, Infinity War. And the Russo's come back. They had to, they were just coming off Civil War, another huge success. And it's like, how long can these guys keep this going? And to do all of this and then to end it on a cliffhanger. And everybody's like, no! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, with Thanos winning and, and snapping the, the fingers, and everybody goes, and it's just like, and the anticipation for the next one. And I really believe that's why. Endgame made $357 million in this opening weekend. You're never going to see that. I mean, nobody ever thought Spider-Man was going to make 260 They All the pundits, I remember seeing 100 150 maybe 260 And I think part of that was what you were talking about. I think they were right. Okay, we're, we were tired of being home and everything else. I wonder what this would have made on streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll never find that out. But my number one, my number one is Captain America. It, to me, had all the elements. It had the political thriller and the comedy. It had a little bit of romance, not too much. I mean, we see that, you know, between Cap and, and the agent. And the, one of the first big stars, Robert Redford, it's, uh, the head of Hydra, Alexander Pierce. And it's just, it's one of those things where you go. And, I mean, my favorite scene in that movie is near the end of it when all the other people come in from the security council. And so 
everybody gets taken down and Black Widow just takes that mask off. Oh, did I spoil you in your moment? <laughs> I was just like, that's <laughs> so awesome. So, but, so how much do you think, I, I mean, I know we just covered the whole MCU really quickly in 40 minutes, but if you had to put a number on how much Doctor Strange is going to make, I mean, it's the beginning of the summer, don't forget. Everybody's been dying to see this movie. What do you think it makes, roughly? 350. Opening, okay, so 350 million domestic. How much do you think it makes opening weekend? 200. Opening weekend? I think so. I don't know. I mean, That's... Doctor Strange is pretty popular, and I didn't WandaVision do really well? Yes, so WandaVision did really well, which this actually came into... So the way Disney Plus released it was they started doing it week by week and eventually grew. And by week four, episode four, episode five, it was the number one show in the world because they were doing it that way. Subsequently, they've done other shows that way. and They figured out the model for it. So, okay. I, I, I like it. I mean... I mean, I'm obviously probably really stretching it here. No, well, I mean, look, nobody thought Spider-Man would make 260. If... So domestically, all told, with the new window, I'm probably going to say 500 million. All told, after everything's said and done, six and six weeks. Because here's the thing: don't forget, at the end of the month, you got Top Gun. It's coming out the 29th. You got Jurassic World coming out on the 10th of June. You got Lightyear coming out the next week. Meanwhile, Doctor Strange is still going to be in theaters. So this is going to be the first time in about three years you've had three or four. I mean, even if you want to call Lightyear a blockbuster. But this is going to be the first time you've had three blockbuster films in the theater at one time. And from what I've read about Top Gun, and I haven't even, I hear, I haven't even heard the soundtrack from Lady Gaga yet, but from what I understand, it is supposed to be an amazing. So that might actually take away repeat business. That, who knows? But opening weekend, it's probably going to make about, I'm going to say 75 to 85. I don't think it's going to do 100. I think that I think that even though people wanted to, and by the way, that's not a bad weekend. Even with the 200 million, that's a fantastic weekend. I mean, what you're looking for is anywhere between 40 to 50% drop off between your first or second weekend. Anything more than that, you're in trouble. But I think that with a 70 to 75 or maybe $80 million weekend, you get word of mouth. And those people that haven't seen it are going to go and see it. Or those people that have seen it, they're going to go back and see it again. And I think if this movie had come out in the beginning of May, or not the beginning, but in the middle of May, a couple of weeks before Top Gun, I think it would have hurt its business. So, I mean, Marvel owns May. Just because of how many years they've been able to release all these movies in the beginning and do that. So I'm going to say anywhere between 75 to $80 million. And there's, they're going to have a huge, huge weekend. So, And then, you know, you've got Thor coming out in, in uh, July. So what do I get if I'm right? Uh, we'll have to... Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Well, okay. If you're right, this makes $200 million in opening weekend, I, I will personally send you something really good. Or, you know, I'll buy you something... Oh, oh, better yet, I'll buy you something off your Amazon wish list. Okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking that you were going to send me a dollar for a coffee somewhere. <laughs> no, no, no. If, if you're right, and by the way, it, if she were to be right, this would be one of the top five opening weekends. You have to understand something. 
this would have to make Avengers money in. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why it's going to... Now, I will say one thing. You do have momentum, though, as far as Spider-Man No Way Home. And you do have momentum as far as people will be dying to see what happens next after um, WandaVision. So, yeah, if you're right, if you're right, I will be. Buy me a I coffee. I think everybody will be shocked. Yeah. 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 You'll, you'll get something really good. You'll get a hundred. You'll get a gift certificate to go buy a coffee. How's that? Okay. <laughs> okay. So that is going to wrap up this episode. And when we come back next week, we're going to be doing a spoiler cast of the whole movie. And I, my advice to all of our listeners, go watch the movie. Because we're, we're going to talk about every little nook and cranny. And we're not going to hold back. So if you don't want to listen... Fine, but go watch the movie and then come back. And we're going to give you fair warning when we do that. So, on that note, I'm David Steele. And I'm Ann Cargard. And you've been listening to Real Talks. 